Damaged Goods Podcast. It's crazy that, like, you know, I'm in LA and you're in Hawaii, and Hawaii is like tropical tropics, baby. And I just harken back, you like that word harken? I harken back to this visual memory I have of you, me, some of my homies from Boston. On the on the beach in Rhode Island, and Johnny yeah. Goins, very New Yorky thing to do. You had sandals on. We all have slides on, but my man also has the socks on. <laughs> and one of my man is like, I think it was my man Touch. Especially like, yo, Donnie, yo, why you got the socks on, Donnie? <laughs> and now you're in fucking Hawaii, so as you on full beach, still wear socks. I still wear socks. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I haven't worn shoes with laces in like a year. That's wild. Honestly speaking, like I love that. By the way, that's such a cool story. One of my favorite weekends of all time. By the way, thank you for that experience. Oh, but um, I say like for me personally, I don't know. I think I'm just a New Yorker or a city guy by nature. So it's like even when I go to different places, it's just hard for me to sort of to get in that vibe. <laughs> you know, I, I can't really. I know, man. I know, man. That that mm-hmm. super New Yorker energy is my man. He's my guest on Damaged Goods this week. This is a gentleman who uh, we used to share the same management. We used to travel mm-hmm. and play music together at shows and all over. And he was even roommates for a yeah. minute. And this is my man, Donnie Goins. He's, uh, he, he works in the cannabis business, in the marketing business. Um, used to be, or is this the wrong word? Uh, Hip hop artist, recording artist. I used to be a professional recording yeah. artist. Same here, dude. Now Same here. I just do I just do art and I just do stuff for fun. I don't really do it professional terms. And how much more do you enjoy it? Way better. You know what I'm saying? Like way better. Yeah, like I'm gonna tell you, like to be honest, um, in many ways I felt like my career was great and I had like a good run and I did like a lot of great things. But realistically speaking, it wasn't my vibe. The energy wasn't my vibe, the people wasn't my vibe just the kind of like lifestyle, like everything people were into, it just really wasn't for me. So like, even though like I was making great strides and I was doing a lot of good things, realistically, I just never felt like I fit in. And then the pressure that was like put on me for something I was doing for fun, I just was kind of like, yeah, this is, this is kind of whack. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I basically fell back. That was one of the biggest reasons why I fell back. I mean, anybody who gets into music, um, initially before it's your career your, it's just your passion it's for fun right that's why you me and anyone that picks up a guitar a mic hits this behind the keys it's for fun and then maybe you get good and then you get ambitions and dreams and hopes and all these beautiful things and then you want to get into it and then you're in it and then you're like making a career out of it but somewhere along that path no matter who you are you've left it just being for fun and now it's more about sustaining your life your career maybe getting bigger there's a lot that comes with that that I don't think any of us are ready for. I certainly wasn't. I wasn't ready for it. I definitely wasn't ready for it. Go it, ahead, continue your thought. I got it, thoughts on that too. It kind of changed. Let me just tell you, because let me just tell you, I agree with you. I don't think nobody's prepared for that lifestyle. I think like they think they prepared, but until you actually in it, until you dealing with the stressors and you dealing with situations, that's really when you know if it's for you or not. Yeah, man, it, it changes your relationship with the art. And Donnie and I were talking about when we were music, any art form, but it changed my relationship with art to the point, and tell me if this is something you found in your experience where I didn't, I wasn't having as much fun. It was all about work. And if I did do a good show or an album or a song or got a good review, it's like I did a good job, but I wasn't like always satisfied. In fact, I was feeling less and less satisfaction 
that's such a real thing right there. I felt like exactly the same way and 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 magnet and magnified in a lot, a lot of ways too because you know for me at the time like I'd say I'm trying I'm trying to pay the picture for people you know like I'd say late 2011 um you know 2000 early 2012 like I'm killing it like I'm like my songs are everywhere I got an ill album out sponsored by Rockware got huge features you know what I'm saying like Killer Mike Bun B Just Blaze etc you know um absolutely killing as independent artists MTV BT support all of that and I go to Atlanta, like, I'm living in a penthouse out there. I'm chilling, you know what I'm saying? Like, but at the same time, it wasn't chill. It was more like I had to, like, maintain this lifestyle now of being, like, you know, this rapper. And now, like, I'm in Atlanta, I'm in a different city, and I'm just feeling, like, wild pressures, like, from every different angle. Like, you know, oh, you just dropped the album. I need to drop an album now. I need to do this again. I need to do this. And I'm just like, damn, I just dropped the album. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like it's, it's not even um it's not even fun to me anymore. It's like literally like I'm doing it as like a sustainability thing. It's like the next album is gonna pay my rent, it's gonna pay my bills for the next six months. So I need to do an album or I need to whatever. And to me, that was not why I got in it. It just was not why. So it started to change my viewpoint totally. Yeah, man. I mean, my my experience and I I've talked about it a lot. So listeners, if you hear me fucking repeating myself like an old man, apologies. But Donnie has already. <laughs> My reasoning was like, I felt very, um, I felt there was a lot of disingenuous energy around me. Not to say that I, I, I lost track of myself. I wasn't being okay. genuine to myself and my passions either, but I felt like it was almost inescapable. And maybe that's my fault, who I surrounded myself with, but I felt like it was anywhere in the industry. I couldn't yeah. go out. To, you had to go to networking events. <laughs> <laughs> like soul was being fucking sucked out of me by some vicious sewer monster. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> It really ruined it for me. I don't know if, I mean, some people, everyone has a different, like, you know, feelings about the industry, but did you mm -hmm. feel anything like that from the greater energy of the industry? Can I, can I say, can I just say, like, first off, I'm probably going to, like, either echo or touch on or completely agree with everything well, you say. Perfect. I'm just telling you, like, right now, ahead of time, for you and your listeners, because, like, again, we were in it. Like, they don't really know because they're not in it a lot of times. They don't really know what's happening, you know? So, like, for me, I tell people, like, I used to go to parties like three, four parties a night, like running around, like flying around, doing this different stuff, trying to talk and networking, da da da, and be, and be with people and cool, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like the people that you are trying to like actually be cool with and genuine with and share the art with, they there for a look. They there just to like, you know, get their name buzzing. They want to be on a blog or they want to feature or they want some kind of money or they want some kind of angle. And I'm just like, damn, this is really lame. You know, like I just wasn't feeling it. So like, you know, as I, as I started to become more successful, I think like more people do, you distance yourself from, you know, everyone else because you're like, I don't want this. This energy and attention is too much and it's not genuine and it doesn't feel good. And then, you, you know, for me, that's realistically what led into my depression. And, 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 and that was a hard one because I just couldn't fathom, you know, like dealing with it anymore professionally. You know what I'm saying? So like, had you, I hated that I just said like, so like, like. <laughs> There's a listener out there counting all the fucking likes I say. Um, <laughs> did you ever experience what it, you knew as depression before? that like you know okay so what this was well, yeah we're gonna we're gonna sidetrack and we're gonna double back to it as well because i think it all plays a part right so the funny thing interestingly enough you have played a major part in my life in many ways actually 
I do specifically. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm, I'm, I know. I know. I probably said it in past, but I don't know. I mentioned you in a lot of my interviews that I've done about this. Like the bottom line is, when I was living, when we were living together, I remember like I was in a very like depressive state at one point at that time, and I remember like I wasn't eating at one time. I was in a room. I was just kind of chilling and da da da. And I, re- I never forget it. You came to me one day and you was like, "Yo, you know," I was like, "I was telling you, I was like, I got these headaches and da da." He was like, "You should probably go see somebody." And like at the time when you said that to me, I was like, that's the first time, by the way, anybody ever said that to me. So I was just kind of like, what the, what does he mean? Like, I was like, what is he talking about? But then, then I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, well, maybe he's right. You know what I'm saying? And I literally took that opportunity. That was the first time I ever went to a psychiatrist or to a doctor and was like, listen, you know, I feel X, Y, and Z. Can you tell me what's happening with me? And that was the start of my mental health journey. So like that was literally around 2000, I think, nine, ten-ish, you know, one of those years. I mean, that's till somebody said the same thing to me. It never occurred to me either. And I was having issues and problems and I didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what you do about it. So I was just eating that for a long time. Bingo. God, dude, the light coming from out there makes the right side of my face look. I mean, I'm white, but it looks way white. <laughs> I mean, this shit is white. But uh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you know, I, I think for like certain people, maybe for where you're from or where you're at, it, there isn't anybody showing you there's a path. Or telling you. And it's a stigma on top of that. And being a, a man. If you're a man and you come from certain environments and certain situations, you told to suck it up. you told to, like, not complain. you told to not talk about it. But the reality is we should talk about it. We should speak about it. We should be open. We should talk to our friends, therapists, people. I just got a new therapist, to, like, like this week. You know what I'm saying? Literally. You know, I need a new one right now myself. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm really serious about my mental health. And that's why I had to separate myself from the music industry because I had to make a choice. I had to say like, what's more important to me, success or my mental health? And realistically speaking, my mental health is gonna win that race and my spirituality and my, my journey and my path it will always be, be more important than what these trinkets of success people deemed, you know? And it should be, and that's, that's a really hard choice to make. And you gotta think there's probably a lot of guys who were in the same position who could have you know, made that choice, and they say, "Look, all the stuff I've worked for." It froze. It froze. I'm my bad. It oh, said no, you, you said there was a lot of guys, and it froze. The audio's still going good. Okay, go ahead. Say what you said. Say it again, brother. And like you know, the the um the the choice to leave a career that's building success to go and further your your mental health. A lot of people wouldn't leave that because oh, they would. So hard. I got all this momentum. I'm gonna throw it all away. And I think later down the line, they pay the price for that. Either. And I'm gonna tell you something, to be honest, making, walking away from the music industry was one of the best decisions I ever made for my life and my, and my mental health and my stability as a person. But realistically, I became sort of caught up in that industry and caught up in my work and caught up in what was happening. And you know, you ever heard that expression on, um, do not stare too deeply into the abyss or you become a monster yourself, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's how I was feeling. It was feeling almost like if I stood here, I was either going to become them or going to succumb to them. So it was like one of the two. I was like, okay, Donnie, you know, what do you want to do here? What's more important to you? You know, like I said at the time, keep in mind, I made a real conscious decision. Like I'm literally, and I knew it because 2012, like I said, I'm in this penthouse. Like I'm averaging like wild money a month. I'm like banking, I'm killing it. And I remember just sitting there by myself, like in the bedroom, like reading like um 
red, red hot chili peppers and Nikita's scar tissue. Like I remember reading his book by myself and I was just like so depressed and miserable. And I was like, yo, I don't know if I could do this, yo. <laughs> I'm like, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, so I, I made that choice. That's a tough one. Like, I know when I was like, when I stopped wanting to be a recording artist, I think I was, I was blaming individuals for that energy and all that shit because I needed someone to blame because maybe I don't want to blame myself. But I think over time, I looked at it more like you were describing it, that it was like, it's an entity. It's a, it's a, it's a monster. It's an abyss. It's not the individuals within its fault, but it's, if you're in it long enough, you become that, you know? Oh, did I lose you, Donnie? And I don't hear you. I got you again, player. There we go. Okay, cool, cool. So to pick up on that thought um, really quick, it's interesting because like, and I kind of lost it, so I hope I paraphrase it the right way. Um, but we tend to want to blame others and not take accountability for things. Um, and I know as I was on the way out, like I said, I was suffering. My, my exact diagnosis, to be clear, is generalized anxiety disorder, secondary to severe depression. So that's my exact diagnosis. Um, once that was discovered, you know, like around 2010, we started to like med medical medicine. I started to take, you know, um, counter, you know, whatever, medicine, Zoloft, et cetera, blah, blah. And that worked for a while. That sort of worked for a moment. And then, you know, the pills just became not enough. And I needed more pills and more prescriptions and more different things. And the stress that I was having and the medicine that I was taking, the therapy I was taking, they weren't matching. The stress was just way too heavy for me. And I was trying to sort of like even out, but I couldn't. So I was lashing out at the end of the day. I was getting pissed off. I just, I couldn't know how to control my anxiety. I didn't know how to control my anger. I literally was drugged up. People don't even really know that. Like I was drugged up, like, but not in a way that you would think. It was more about, because like I didn't know at the time. I didn't understand those pills and the effect and what they yeah, would do. Heavy shit, man. I was on a lot of the same stuff. It's, it's heavy stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I, what I say I have to say this is like, despite all of that, you know, I became a monster in my pursuit. You know, everything was about more about like, I didn't care if I had to pop more pills or if I had to like diss somebody or if I had to like go whatever. I didn't care at that point. I was just like, screw everybody, screw this, screw that. You fake, you fake. I don't care, whatever. And if you got a problem, see me. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, yeah, it was that type of vibe. So I blame myself too. It was really, yeah. You know, like somebody, something one of my therapists taught me about uh, anger and anxiety because I, I was feeling a lot of the time, I still have this problem. I would get anxious, very anxious, you know, anxiety is taking over me. And instead of feeling like shit, like butterflies in your stomach, I would get really angry. Like yeah, snap, yeah. fly off the handle. And yeah. a therapist explained the reason I was doing that was, it, you know, when, you, when you're experiencing anxiety, you're not in control. This thing takes over. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, so if you, if you become angry, now you're exerting control back over yourself. So it's the only way to feel in control, but yet mm -hmm. you're becoming violent. You can hurt somebody else. You're out of control. Yeah. yeah, you still have control. I always thought that was an interesting thing. And when I learned that, I realized why I would sometimes get more anxious about how angry I was going to get. And I wasn't necessarily scared of the other person. I was scared of what I was going to do, you know? And then it becomes a loophole, a feedback loop. You yeah. become more anxious because of your anger. Then your anger builds. Then you become more anxious and so on and so forth. It's yeah. crazy. Like, literally, my therapist told me the same thing. And that's another thing, like, a lot of these guys in the music industry, they talk a certain lifestyle, but like they don't really come from that lifestyle. And like, not only did I like 
play down my lifestyle in certain ways. But I also knew, like, once I couldn't control my anxiety, the same thing you said. I literally used to walk around these parties thinking to myself, yo, I should just slap this dude. He's <laughs> just like straight up, no, no, no cap, no nothing. Just like, just thinking to myself in my head, like, you know, no reason either too. Just like pissed, you know what I'm saying? But then it's like, it's the anxiety though. You you mad, you just angry, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and then you need an outlet for that. So I knew, I was like, yo, this is going to become a problem. And I, I really need to like sit back and like fall back and like really talk to a therapist, talk to whomever and try to get my mind right. And that's where, that's what, that's what led my journey, you know? So uh, one thing I noticed uh, that you probably do for self care, but it's also like your business. Like we yeah. earlier, you work in the cannabis business. Mm -hmm. How did you, cause when I, when we were roommates and even when we were both just playing music and running in the same circles, no weed. I was, I was chain smoking weed. I mean, still, yeah. out, but, but you weren't. <laughs> And you were around me and all my hooligan friends and just like weed smoke floating like napalm clouds. And you, but now that you are, not only are you smoking weed, but you, you this is like a, your livelihood. That's, I love it. Where did this, what path led you to that path? What happened? Let, let me tell you. So let me tell you the after effect, right? Like, so the after story. So like, you kind of like, when I, when I decided to fall back from music, then I started to think about my, my life in general and how I felt and like how my body is and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So first it kind of started with like spirituality. I started like, you know, I'm not going to dive too deep into that. I started like praying, finding things, whatever, et cetera. Oh, I'm all about that shit. I'm, I'm okay, beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Love and blessings to you then, my brother. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I'm very much a spiritual being. So that's where I am now. But with that being said, I wanted to get away from the, the, the medicine that I was just talking about, the pharmaceuticals. Um, I wanted a holistic approach. I wanted something different. And just to be clear, I want to paint a picture for people to try to understand so they can see where my head was at. I was taking, and just like I said, at the height of my career, 200 milligrams of Zoloft, like um, I'd say five to, five to like eight, eight grams a day of, not grams, five to eight, um, what is the one? It's like not the mega gram, it was the pill, whatever, grams of Klonopam, Klonopam. Terrible. Yeah, I'm taking Klonopam, then I'm taking Tramadol, then I'm taking 50 grams of Ambien to go to sleep. Yo, it was ridiculous. Like, I was overloaded with pills, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was crazy. You know, like, I literally, to be honest and to be real, I can't even remember most of the years because of that. I don't even remember most of the things, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if I've ever, by the way, if anybody sees it, if I've ever sold a Jew or just like crazy or whatever, I apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, getting back to the weed, you know? So, like, again, trying to find a holistic approach. So somebody, after I bring myself off of all the medications, by the way, I had side effects, huge side effects from pharmaceuticals. Yes. Um, I started having seizures. I gained a hundred pounds. Um, it was just, it made me like, I can't remember nothing. I was like a walking zombie. It was terrible. So after like getting myself off of that and then just being sober for a while, I still had the anxiety. I still had the depression. I still had the, the problems. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And realistically, again, funny enough, nobody said anything to me until like one day somebody was like, yo, why don't you just smoke a blunt? <laughs> Literally, like, I mean, it was so simple. They was like, I, was, I was like, yo, I'm stressed out. My mind is going crazy, da, da, da. And he was like, yo, why don't you just try to smoke? So I did. And all of a sudden, 
I just started laughing and I felt very calm. I felt very chill. And I was like, damn. I was like, why didn't nobody like make me think of this? Like, why didn't nobody offer this to me instead of the pills? Why didn't nobody like tell me about this as a, a solution to actually like, you know, whatever. So from there, that's when I started to like really research and like look into it. And I said, okay, I'm gonna go ahead really dive into this like I do any other business. And I studied it, I researched it because I'm using it. And that led my journey to where I am today, which is essentially like an owner of a um, boutique marketing agency called Can Creative. And I work with a lot of different dispensaries and companies, et cetera, doing photography, marketing, designs, such as like this t-shirt. I don't know if you can really see it, yeah, yeah. but you know, whatever. Yeah, I know you can really see it. But yeah, it's like, you know, whatever, one of my designs. But anyway. Yeah, cannabis is such a positive, positive um thing, a positive substance, a positive um lifestyle thing, positive everything. And I, I advocate for it as well. So like for me, I can't speak high enough, highly enough of it. It's one of the things that really changed my perspective and helped me to maintain my mental health and my sanity. Yeah, man. I mean, you said a lot of things right there that I was gonna bring up anyway. So I'm so glad you uh you touched on them. Like, and going back to what you were saying about earlier, especially about men. And men that come from certain environments, talking about shit is, is just not been welcome. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure you might be aware of these statistics. I mean, some it's like 84% of suicides are men. It's you crazy. And, it's and, and we don't talk about these things. My, the men in my family, uh, except for me, probably hold that shit in. And yeah. some are fine and some it's destroying them. And I remember when I was getting off my medicine, the, the, the first time I went cold turkey which was not good for me. I, I didn't know. I just didn't want the poison anymore. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Problems. And so yeah. I got back on it and slowly weaned off of it because yeah. one mm -hmm. of the side effects that I was experiencing was, was homicidal, suicidal thoughts. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. They don't, people don't understand. I'm listening, though. Strong, and it pushed me to two attempts, you know, and I... I, I oh, you know, man, I'm sorry, brother. I didn't know that. I mean, this is, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. You know, I spiritual awakenings i'm much healthier now but at the time it was the getting off the medicine was hard first off the psychiatrist just kept offering me other things more medicine till i like, get over medicine and my therapist he was cool he was like you know what dude you don't need that shit just keep coming and talk to me though and and you know and i was using cannabis and that helped and like i feel like if you're a man and you you don't feel comfortable enough to come and talk about it and, and it may, I mean, at least the pills are there, if nothing else, but having an open forum and feeling comfortable because oh, yeah. you bottle that shit up inside, the statistics are not in your favor. And getting away from oh, yeah. medication has to be done very delicately. Mm -hmm. And then transition or finding something like cannabis that could help smooth that transition for you. Yeah. Important. Serious. And I'm going to tell you something, like my transition was horrible. I mean, so, so I'm going to tell you, it felt like, I'm going to be honest, like, because I said I'm spiritual. I felt like I followed a path that God set out for me. So like I, I decided these trinkets of the earth were just not important to me. So I was like, whatever. So as I was moving through the journey, you know, like you said, taking different medicine to get off the medicine I was on. Like I had to take Seroquel to get off of the Zoloft, which was insane. And then it made me gain literally a hundred pounds. I went from 160 pounds to 250 pounds. Like it was like night and day, you know how what I'm did, saying? How did you come to lose that weight? Just oh, I, oh, it took me years, it took me years. And I mean, I ain't gonna go in specifics of like the whole thing, but I'm vegan now. I've, I've been vegan for eight years. I'm not vegan. By the way, I'm not vegan for complete diet reasons, though. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you for being vegan. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Whatever makes you a better version of somebody, dude. If you want to eat leather or you want to, <laughs> I don't care, dude. I'm, I'm, well, I'm glad. I appreciate that. I will say, like, <clears throat> I'm a bit of softy these days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, for me, I'm a vegan on um, because of animal cruelty reasons. I'm not a fan. You know what I'm saying? So, like, whatever that, it is what it is. But I say that to say this. That also helped me to lose the weight. Becoming a vegan helped me to transition. And then, like, when I was, like, sort of, like, away from the public eye and trying to, like, do different things, I started to, like, one of the biggest things I picked up was entrepreneurship. And I'm not going to get all, like, you know, left field with things. But the bottom line is I got an investment. I had a bunch of equipment. And one of the equipments I had was a, was a camera. And I just would, like, take this camera and I would just walk around New York City. And I just literally would just walk for hours, walk for hours. I mean, 250 pounds. It was just heavy as hell. But you know, at first, you know, it's just slow at first, right? But then you start doing it. And then the kit, the photo camera, because of my anxiety, I was thinking about working out. So I couldn't work out. But then when I, the photo made me not think about the work, walking. So then I would walk further and I would walk further and I would move faster and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then like, without knew it, with a year or two years, I got back to my normal weight. Yeah, man. I, I, I commend you because... Dude, losing weight is a, is a tough thing for anybody, even if it's five pounds, but then when you know people that have lost 40, oh, 50, it's heavy. 80, 100. Like, 100 pounds is heavy. That's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, that, it's that crazy. To do it is, is, is fucking... I could have still for fat boy status. I could have chilled to that. I looked like a little Buddha. I used to be like... <laughs> <laughs> I shame myself too much to like, let myself get that. I like, but I, I can't. I can't beat myself so hard and then I like actually like today dude I felt like shit this morning didn't sleep kind of sick I made myself work out by being like you fucking lazy yeah no you gotta push this <laughs> but it works for me you gotta push this up I feel you and don't get me wrong I'm on the same vibe I hear I you I don't recommend that for most people but just I can't help it it's already there so I use it to my advantage you know? <laughs> I diet exercise way better. <laughs> no, but I will say though, like if you struggle with weight or you struggle with anxiety, you struggle with anything, you hit on a good point. Um, and, and in your own way, it's about like psyching yourself up. It's about like really like hyping yourself up. So, like for example, when I wanted to become an artist, I remember literally watching a documentary. Like, right, I remember seeing a documentary, and like I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, it was a Jay Z joint, it was a Fade to Black. And I said, and I said, yo, I was like, I'm gonna be a rapper. And then five years later, literally, I'm performing in like his office. I'm performing in like the the, the what is that clothing thing? His office. He's there, which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, so I like in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm like, it's it's insane what you can like put your mind to, and then just like, you know what I'm saying? And I was just like, damn, that's crazy because like, and again, I could have kept going and going further and further and further, but I also felt like, for me to be honest, I hit my mark at that time. You know, and I think that's another thing. A lot of people set unrealistic goals. So it was like, when I gained 100 pounds, you know, I'm psyching myself to lose it, but I'm not psyching myself to be like, yo, I'm going to be some sort of fashion model and all that, whatever. I just want to, like, get in shape. So it was like, you know, just to be healthy. So, like, I'm setting realistic and positive goals, not all these outlandish and crazy things. And I think that's the problem. People want to lose 100 pounds in three in three months. I'm like, what, are you kidding me? Like, fast the fast way, bro. Like that's why yeah. I need pills, right? Rather than like work on yourself and go to and shit, it's give me this pill. I want to lose weight. Give me that. I, I want to look different. Doctor, fucking use the plastics, move it around. Mm -hmm. Quick fix, and I don't blame them. Who wouldn't want a quick fix? But generally, yeah. the quick fix in the long run ain't gonna do it. It's not good. I, yeah, that's the thing. And you know, I think to put to put use that term right there, what you just said. 
a lot of people don't have foresight. A lot of people don't have, can't see, you know, certain paths. And it's like, that's one of the things to me that I had to be clear. Like, I grew up a chess player, so I know moves. I practice moves ahead, you know, so I'm looking at things, and it's just like, you are only going to self-destruct if you do certain things. You are only going to fall down a certain path or whatever. I mean, for those who don't know, like, I'm living in Hawaii. I'm chilling. You know, I create for a living. I'm living life. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not rich and I'm not some superstar or nothing. But at the same token, I feel healthy. I'm alive. I got good friends. I have a good, like, life. You know what I'm saying? And if more things happen to come besides it, that's great. But realistically speaking, I'm just being happy. And, like, that was what I had to see, foresee. Happiness, you know? I'm so chasing happiness. So much more worth it. Um, and sometimes it's hard when you're in something so viciously dedicated like music you can't see the forest from the trees and exactly. you're not really aware of what what is causing your unhappiness and once i would step back from it i was like shit dude like i'm an artist so i'm always going to create and do other shit like much like yourself but I, I didn't want to be part of the music industry as a recording artist i didn't want to have to pretend anymore there was so much faking pretending yeah. you like an artist just so no one blackballs you <laughs> Like, oh, God, I fucking love that I can shit on so much music now on my podcast or my radio. You can say whatever you want to say. That's my point. Hey, no, we're playing that record because that's just I love that power, dude. I love that too. And it's beautiful. It was so weird that I went so long just pretending, liking shit. Yeah. It's hard to play the game. I hate it. Yeah. It's, you got to wear a mask. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize that. Like, so for me, I'm going to tell you, like, I don't really like, how can I say this the right way without being like, whatever. Like, so wearing a mask, so to speak, I said it earlier in a sense of like downplaying who I was before I got in the music industry. So like, before I got in the music industry, if you ask people about me, they're gonna be like, yo, that kid was a wild boy. You know what I'm saying? Like he was wild, you know what I'm saying? So like, when I got in the music industry, it was like, I'm trying to downplay that. I'm not trying to really like show people that, you know what I'm saying? So like, as I'm meeting people and as I'm interacting with people, they coming at me with this corny vibe in, in, in real life that I would never deal with. You know what I'm saying? And like, and in my mind, I'm like, if we were in a different space in a different time, like, I would just tell you, like, get out my face. Like, just like, get away from me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like straight up. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's because you're trying to be polite. It's almost like a job. It's like, you can't tell your coworker, you can't be like, yo, get, get out my face. You know what I'm saying? We all in the same job. You know what I'm saying? And unless you want that kind of smoke, and, and to tell you the truth, at that point, until the end of my career, I wanted that smoke. I was, I was like, whoever. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's angry and ego and just all that craziness. But it bothers you. Like, it, that, that fakeness, man, is crazy. Like, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. In psychology and shit, they talk about, like, what, when you have secrets or something you keep a secret, it compounds a level of anxiety within you that you're carrying around everywhere. And huh. when you're in something, say like the music industry and you're wearing a mask, like you say, yeah. you know, having to pretend like you yeah, like exactly. it's not as like having a secret, but you're yeah. in false, false realities and you're containing how you really feel. You're, that is yeah. a secret, how you really yeah. feel about these people or the, the way music's going or whatever. Mm -hmm. When you hide that, you carry that stress and anxiety around that compounds and compounds and grows and festers until it either destroys you or you blow up on somebody. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I think like for me, that was happening a lot. to make Donnie, the really good yeah. one. Yeah, that's so real. Like, because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, that's how I was feeling. Like, it was almost like, and people wasn't even doing nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? It just was like, 
I was just like, F it, you a part of this. I don't even care. <laughs> like, and just, you know, it's just like that anger. Like when you drink, for example, that's why I don't drink any alcohol. Because if I drink, I get violent. That anybody who knows me knows that. So like I don't drink. I get belligerent, I get wild. And I don't know if I would be that way now, but I'm never gonna experiment or test it. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have the desire or the inclination to, why why do it? But see, that's the thing, right? It's like I acknowledge the fact that I have an alcohol problem and that's not a secret and people who know that know me. But to most people, they won't know that, yo, this dude is kind of wild. Like, cause I present a smile, I present a certain aesthetic. So it's like trying to be a nice guy sometimes in a situation where you don't want to be a nice guy and you normally wouldn't be a nice guy or you normally would be different is very difficult. And that's not to say I didn't like a lot of people. I definitely liked a lot of people I met. People were chill, people were cool, whatever, but it was like an overall thing. It wasn't necessarily like one specific person or this or that. It was just like the totality of it. You know what I'm saying? You, I, I found this happen to me and I, I, I talked to another artist uh, who I can't recall who it was on my podcast a long time ago, and they felt the same way. I wonder if this happened for you. When I left being a recording artist, yeah, and I still listen to music, obviously, but I don't listen to I, nothing current. I, that, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Go current shit I couldn't listen to for like two yeah. years. My relationship with music was almost bitter, made bitter, at least with, with current hip hop. Uh, I would listen to other genres of music and old hip hop. But current shit I couldn't listen to for about two years. I was so bitter and I didn't want to admit it to myself. You want to hear something funny? You want to hear something ironic? Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? I bet you nobody will believe this when I say this. I bet you nobody can believe what I'm about to say. I've never heard a J. Cole, Kendrick, or Drake album. Never heard any. Not one. Not one. Isn't that crazy? And then, now I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. Like I have various reasons, but overall, you know what I'm saying? The concept is what you just said. It was like I was so it was like, think about it this way. It's like imagine working at McDonald's for about five years and all you did 24-7 was just work at McDonald's, work at McDonald's, work. You ate all the fries, you ate all the chicken, you ate everything, you did all that stuff, right? Then you retire, and then people come to you and be like, yo, you should try this McDonald's. You should try this McDonald's. You should, you should, you know, new McDonald's and da, da, da. And I'm just like, no, I don't want McDonald's. F McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? F this restaurant. F this whole thing. I'm going, to, I'm going vegan. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm That's what it was. It was for real. It was like, you know, I was like, I can't deal with it because my view, my, my view is tainted. Like, you know, for example, those three artists we mentioned, I... Think they're all great artists you know what i'm saying like they're all great and i've i've heard some of their music here and there whatever but it just goes to a point of like being so disgusted with the industry so like in a place where i don't even care i can't even listen to the quote-unquote greatest artists of, of our whatever at this time you know what i'm saying because i'm so dis disdain with the industry did that's how ever, crazy it is did it ever go away like for me it finally slowly dissipated i don't listen to like mainstream artists because I never really liked them in the first place. But there's a lot of dope underground shit. That's a good question. I like now, and I can enjoy this underground shit because I feel yeah, like there's no that's good. a good question. See, for me, like, I'm going to tell you a secret. Like, and <laughs> I've always been creating music the whole time. And even, like, now, like, I've been producing, learning, and doing things way different. So it's like I never stopped being an artist. I never stopped creating and having a good time. I just, just stopped releasing. I just stopped, like, giving music to blogs and stuff and things like that. I just stopped participating basically and 
I always had the passion, but it was like the industry threw me off. So like, as I, as I continued with the passion, yeah. my, and then the industry started to fade from me, then my passion came back. Then like for others and like different things and like being a fan again, like I actually can be a fan now. So like, if I hit, that's important part. Bro. You know what I'm saying? So I can be a fan. Like I forgot how to be a fan. You know what I'm saying? Because I was so much being an artist. Everything was just about being like on stage and everything is like a competition and everything is this and that. And it was just like, that's not the mind you know so I'm in a great space right now I feel great like I feel like and again you know like I said I'm not gonna blame anything that I've done any one action on anything but it's just it's just many actions I did that was caused on just mental health my angst um chaos etc and yeah I, I feel bad that like that situation kind of tainted my my viewpoint and love of hip-hop I feel really bad about it all you know but I'm slowly getting back to it like I love what Griselda's doing for example yeah, yeah. They're really dope. Um, you know, J. Cole just dropped something recently. Kudos to him. Um, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? People are dope. You know, I just don't... I'm just trying to get re-engaged, so to speak, you know? So, yeah. You hit the nail on the head with the stop remembering how to be a fan shit. I think any artist, especially if you're really doing it in your indie career, you lose sight of what it means to be a fan because you're not looking at it as much... I mean, maybe like the Nas's and the, the outcasts you're going to always be a fan of, but... Anybody that you viewed as a contemporary peer, even if they were more successful than you, it was like competition or you didn't want to be like them. You didn't want to be a, like, a, you know, a judge to be similar. And you're kind of always looking at it with that lens. And it, it makes it harder to be a fan of current shit coming out because you're right alongside that. And, and it's hard to just enjoy the music. And that sucks. That sucks. It does. It does. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you like a random brief thing. And I'm not going to get into specific details, but I'll just go like to like my concept, right? So I remember like years ago on the come up, I remember there was an artist, you know, who's coming up by the name of J. Cole. And like, I really thought, you know what I'm saying? Like as a fan, I remember like when those years, I used to do things like bars. I used to do like all kind of underground stuff. So like my ear was always to the streets. And I remember even when he was coming up, I was like, yo, this kid is nice. He's going to do something. Da, da, da. So like, you know, I remember him coming up and I would really support him in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I go to his parties, you know, I rock out, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we chill, talk a little bit, you know what I'm saying? He was a chill dude, you know what I'm saying? But I felt like people would make it seem as if like, for example, like if we was on a blog and we had the same song or something, right? They make it seem like this guy needs to be better because of whatever, or this guy needs to be better, or whatever. And it's like, I think he's cool. Like, I like the guy. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to be great. Why not support him, right? You know what I'm saying? But it's like people want to pitch you against people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, then in your mind, you're thinking, wait, maybe should I not like this guy? Should I not like, you know what I'm saying? Should I not be like, you know what I'm trying to say? But it, it's interesting to me because I'm like, that's the way the industry makes us feel. And it's like, you know, with J. Cole, like I said, I remember feeling a certain way because I'm thinking like, huh, you know, I'm definitely here, I'm doing my thing, but I'm like, people like making it seem like I should be mad at this guy, like he's taking my spot, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a Kendrick or whatever or something, you know what I'm trying to say? And I'm like, should I be attacking these guys now? Should I be like, you know what I'm trying to say? But that's I like a slot mentality, like you always feel like there's only so much room for you and you do feel in this competition. And then I look at the scape of music now, where kids don't have to rely on blogs and tastemakers and magazines. Yeah, it's so it's different, different now. It's so and I different. think that's why they don't have that feeling of there's only so many slots. Anybody mm -hmm. can kind of do it, and you don't have to go through the tastemaker route, which has pluses and minuses. It means anyone can do it, which is good, but it means anyone can do it. So you get a lot of mm -hmm. trash out there, you know? There's no yeah. gatekeepers, which 
isn't always a bad thing, but oh, sometimes it has problems. But I, I think definitely now kids don't feel that competitive with each other because anyone just puts their shit out. You know? Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. It's a different realm. It's like, I remember, like I said, I remember that time period, like, it was crazy because like I'm, I was like one of the kings of the blogs back then. I was like it was it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and anybody who knows me will attest to that. Like I was dominated. You know what I'm saying? So it was like to me it was wild because people would come to me and be like, "Yo, da 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 da." Um, you know, so and so is whatever, but it's only but so many blog posts per day. So it's like you know what I'm trying to say? It's like you competing with a certain amount of artists and a certain amount of caliber and a certain amount of thing is it's like any kind of like radio playlist. So, but just a different time generation. Like, so it was like strange because I'm like, okay, I need to support people. I need to work with them. I need to whatever. But at the same token, I need to be number one. I need to be on these blogs. I need to be whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? So it was a weird, strange time for me. I didn't, I didn't know. And that's what I'm saying. My anxiety didn't help me with that either. So no. <laughs> you think about situations like that, having anxiety, would be the worst thing to have in those cases because it's already stress-inducing. And it amplifies it. it. You know, whatever whatever you're thinking and whatever the situation is, it just amplifies it. And, you know, like I said, I don't really I don't really negate or feel bad about necessarily anything I've done in my career. I mean, I, I make decisions. I do things. You know what I'm saying? I've got, I got a stellar body of work, in my opinion. I, I've made great strides. But with all that being said, you know, whether whether we talking about the music industry, we talking about cannabis industry, we talking about the streets, it's all the same thing to me. If it don't make you happy, it don't make you happy. You know what I'm saying? So like, I I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not interested in competing with people now. I'm not interested in like trying to fight for space. I'm not interested in like trying to be the best quote quote unquote. I just want to have fun. I want to create. I want to chill. I want to work with. I want to collaborate. I want to smoke a blunt with you. I want you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. like, let's just pray together. Like, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? You feel like the environment, I know you're in Hawaii now, you was in Colorado before, mm-hmm. in Atlanta, all after New York. Do you feel like your environments have had any impact on the way you Huge feel? Huge impact. I try, that's why I travel a lot. You know, I travel and I live different places to see where I, what I, where I fit in, how I fit in, people. Because the truth is, you can go to different places and you can try to run from your problems, but you can't run from yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have to experiment and see, like, if it's your environment, actually. And truthfully, as much as we could talk about the music industry and everything, I'm accountable as well, obviously. I'm, I'm taking action. I'm doing things. I'm, I'm taking anger out. I'm doing whatever, not self-care. However you want to put it, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I had to take accountability for, for, for my actions, for what I do, for what I say. So, you know, if something doesn't make me happy, like, if a job doesn't make me happy, I got to quit. Like, you know what I'm saying? If, if things, you know, like, if, if not, you're going to sit there and complain and whine and, 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 and what is that going to do? You know, that's true, man. That's true. Do you find it's easier to be a vegan in Hawaii? Than- <laughs> Not at all. I Not mean, living in different places. Pig man, they be roasting. Yeah, yeah. No, they love. They love their meat here. You know what I'm saying? In Boulder, Colorado, it was good to be a vegan. Like I lived in Boulder, Colorado, and that's a very like. I don't know, swingy. <laughs> like, I'm hip to Boulder, man. I'm very Yeah, it's, it's one of those type of vibes, you know what I'm saying? But I like Boulder, though. Boulder's a beautiful city. Colorado's a beautiful place overall. Um, I spent a couple years there developing my company, learning, like, the vegan lifestyle there, like, you know, getting different things. But being here, you got to cook. You got to, like, cook most of your stuff. And I say realistically, I cook anyway, all of my food now. I've learned that's one of my passions. I love to cook. <laughs> you know, it helps to keep the stress, anxiety, you know, reliever. 
Um, so yeah, one day, you know, maybe I'll make a potluck for like, you know, old hip hop people. Or something. <laughs> some I eat vegan foods all the time. Yeah, I'm with it. You are, uh, I know, I know what the cannabis culture and climate is like in Colorado very well. What's it like in Hawaii? Terrible. First off, there's only like in this specific island, I live on a big island, um, Kalua Kona, I think it's pronounced. So this specific island, there's only two dispensaries and medical. You know, like you have to have a med card. So it's not even recreational here. On um, other islands it is or the whole, all of Hawaii? I'm assuming, I don't know how these islands work. I just know the island I'm on. So the island I'm on, you can't, you can't, there's no recreational. Um, and then on top of that, you know, even besides that, the people that smoking weed and growing weed, I mean, from what I've found thus far, it ain't that dank. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, but probably not. Colorado is an upper echelon. Yeah, Colorado is like the 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 Manhattan of weed. I feel yeah. like Colorado, you're gonna find any kind of weed, every kind of weed, whatever you need. But there, here, it's just kind of like you get what you get. <laughs> so, you know, I, mean, I got I got some fire right now though. Like I got some like um, what is this? If you can see it, I don't know. It's terrible. I can smell it through the fucking zoom, Donnie. I can smell it through the zoom. <laughs> I got some golden lemons. It's pretty good. It's fire. But anyway, yeah, it's not it's not that much of a choice though. So yeah. You find more people are getting their bud, at least on your island, uh, like the old fashioned way, like black market. Yeah. yeah. So all right. An ounce of this costs three hundred dollars. Damn, that's expensive out there, It's insane. It's so insane. Every islands is more expensive, though, because it's scarcity. You know? There's yeah, that's the thing. And we can't get it in, so either you grow it, and they just don't have a lot of that here, or, you know, like you said, it's whatever. So What, what about I, the police? Like, do they treat Bud pretty chill, or are they, like, dickheads about it? They seem pretty chill. Like, um, <laughs> I got pulled over for the first time recently. I was oh, on my scooter. Just burning. Yeah, I was on my little scooter. I'll be on my mopad through Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, they pulled me over one day. I'm like just yeah. chilling. And it was like, they called me on my phone. So they pulled me over. They, they didn't give me a ticket for the phone, which was chill. And then they only was like, yo, you got to come through for the insurance. But then as he was leaving, he was like, yo. It's like, you smell like loud, brother. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, he just left. I was like, I appreciate you. I was like, yeah, you just chill. Yeah, that's better than, you know, I mean, certain states, uh, you know, they play with it like it's fucking crack or a gun. Yeah, no, I mean, because to be real, he could have easily arrested me for being high. He could have gave me a DWI, you know what I'm saying? He could have been like, because I was baked. I was totally baked, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, yeah. officer, whatever, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you out there, like, have you ever seen the show Magnum P.I. from back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> my guest house, let me come stay in it. I'll be Magnum P.I., dude. Yeah, nah, you got to bring oh, the shirt, God. though. You got to bring the shirt you got. Oh, I got 100 of these, baby. What size are you, medium? Dude? <laughs>